Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Sports Let's do a show, shall we? 202, very good Sunday morning to you, New York City. It's Mike Fliegelman with you. Fleegs on the fan for the next four hours until 6 a.m. We've got Nick Theodoro, the silent assassin here at WFAN on the other side of the glass. Jack Stern has your uh, your updates at the top of every hour, as you just heard. And we're here at 877-337-6666. Number to call, number to text. Or you can tweet at me, at M. Fliegelman. It's M-F-L-I-E-G-E-L-M-A-N for the next four hours. 6 a.m., Carl Dukes and CBS Sports Radio come your way then. And after that, it is the first NFL Sunday of the 2022 regular season. You'll have Moose and Kim later. You'll have You Better You Bet, the NFL preview. All that good stuff. Giants football, of course. The Giants in the 4 o'clock window. We will do so much football today as it's one of the best times of the year on the sports calendar when you have the start of the NFL season, college football. And I'm sitting here in the studio watching the end of this BYU-Baylor game. It's still going on. They're in the second overtime, tied at 20. So that's awesome. I watched college football all day. And, of course, I watched baseball all day as you have the Mets and Yankees in the thick of Pretty serious races, and what Saturday allows you to do, if you're a New York baseball fan, you take a pause with me and exhale. That's what you were able to do on Saturday afternoon if you were a Yankees fan, and then later on Saturday night if you're a Mets fan. And then if you were watching baseball a little bit later than that, you could maybe do a little fist bump or even more of a celebration as a Mets fan because the Mets are back in first place after they win And the Braves lose in Seattle. The Mets now back in first place in the NL East by a half a game. And a race that I'm sure is going to go back and forth a lot over the next couple of days. So we will do plenty on the football. But we'll start with the Mets and Yankees who both on Saturday delivered much needed wins for their fan base's sanity. And it felt like for the teams as a whole. The Yankees starting earlier on Saturday in the afternoon. They lost Friday night to the Rays. Tampa was coming into that game just three and a half games back of the Yankees. Two in the loss column. The Rays have three extra games in hand that they have to catch up to the Yankees. And my sense going into the series, as much as this would normally not be the case, especially for a team that's at home, you want to go out and win the series. And the Yankees, you still wanted to go out and win the series. And on Sunday, you will have a chance to go and win the series. But the big key for the Yankees on Saturday afternoon after they lost Friday was just find a way to win one of the next two games. All the Yankees had to do in this series, 
had to do, what was most necessary, was come away with one win in this three-game series. And they accomplished that on Saturday, and they did it early. They get to Corey Kluber, seven straight singles to start the game. The Yankees pepper their former pitching rotation member when Kluber was with the Bronx Bombers last year. You can just see almost like a load came off the shoulders of the New York Yankees and doing it and winning in a way that they don't normally do. This isn't a team that's known for stringing together a bunch of hits in a row and beating you without the long ball. And, of course, they added home runs later in the game. Donaldson homers later on. Giancarlo Stanton hits a ball to the moon off of Rays catcher Christian Betancourt when the Rays waved the white flag in the eighth inning. But the Yankees doing it in what, in a baseball sense, is a traditional way, sure. But what for the Yankees is in a way they haven't won baseball games most of the season, but especially not the last few months. They do it without the home run, without relying on the home run. And though he was a contributing factor, without relying entirely on Aaron Judge. The other guys in this lineup stepped up on Saturday. They got the job done, and the Yankees beat the team that is chasing them in the American League East. And I said it earlier this week, I did the overnight on Tuesday morning, that as much as I don't buy into the Yankees this year, if you've heard me at any point over the last few months, I don't think the Yankees are winning a World Series. I don't think they're built to win in October. I also don't think there is any chance, unless the Yankees completely fall apart down the stretch, which I don't think will happen, I don't think there's any chance of them losing the division because they built up such a great lead in the beginning part of the season, in April and May, and then June when they were off to their historic start. And then when you factor in that fact that the Rays and Blue Jays, the two teams right behind them, and we can't forget about Toronto because they're only a half game behind Tampa. Yankees have to go to Toronto next week. They still have to play the Blue Jays. But the Rays and Blue Jays have nine games against each other remaining this season. As long as one of those teams doesn't beat the other seven, eight, or nine times, the Yankees should still be able to coast to the American League's league. American League East title. And the Yankees, as you heard from Boone before the game on Saturday, it looks like they might finally be starting to get some guys back. A week from now, two weeks from now, you could see Harrison Bader, who's going to start his rehab assignment. You could see Anthony Rizzo come back off the injured list. DJ LeMayhew, Stanton started today for the first time in almost a week. Severino is going to make one more rehab start. Then he could return. Chapman, even though I don't think any Yankee fan really wants to see Araldis Chapman, but he's throwing in a rehab stint. You might see him soon. The Yankees are going to get bodies back. And while it still might not, at least in my eyes, be a team that is a real serious threat to win in October because I don't think they're beating Houston, and I don't think they stack up very well against the teams, any of them that could win the National League, It'll give them a better shot when they go against teams like Tampa and Toronto. And the Rays have been battered by injuries all season long, too. If you saw the graphic on the Yes Network today, 29 separate IL stints for the Yankees this season. Wow, that seems like a large number. The Rays are at 39. And the Yankees have more guys on the injured list right now, but the Rays have been dealing with injuries all season. And when you see them with their guys in the lineup, now the pitching, Rays are just able to replace pitchers like they're a dime a dozen, the way they do it is just astounding. But the position players, you saw this weekend when the Rays came to the Bronx, a little more formidable in the starting lineup, in the position players, and in one through nine. Now that they have guys back, 
they're a tough out for the New York Yankees. And one thing the Rays have going for them whenever they play the Yankees, they're not afraid of them. They're not intimidated like the Minnesota Twins are, who, of course, came to New York this past week. They miraculously won a game, which for the Twins seems like a major accomplishment. You know, I saw the stats. Sweeney had it. The Yankees have 114 or 115 wins over the Twins in the last 162 times they've played going back about 20 years. I mean, that's a record, obviously, on par with or one game better than the 98 Yankees. I mean, the Yankees own the Minnesota Twins to the point where it's almost like, you know what? If you're Minnesota, just forfeit those games when you come to the Bronx, rest up, save yourself the embarrassment. The Twins are able to escape with one win against the Yankees team that is playing with Aaron Judge and not a lot else on Thursday afternoon. The Yankees had to get one of these games against Tampa. They just had to find a way to beat Tampa one time. Now it's back to a four-and-a-half game lead, three in the loss. And even if the Rays win tomorrow, even if they beat Domingo Herman on Sunday, with a a three-and-a-half game lead for the Yankees, because the Rays and the Blue Jays are going to play each other so many times, and I think those two teams are really evenly matched, think the Yankees will be okay. They have a lot of winnable games on the schedule. They have Pittsburgh coming up again. Boston might be a little tough because you know the Red Sox are going to be looking to spoil any part of the Yankee season that they can. But the Yankees should be able to hit the Red Sox. As depleted as the Yankees lineup is, the Red Sox, I saw a stat that they've scored the most runs since the All-Star break, but they've also allowed the most runs since the All-Star break. The Red Sox pitching is terrible. The Yankees should be able to find a way to win a couple games against them. They closed the season out with four against Texas. By the time they played the Orioles on the original last weekend, or last series of the regular season, now the last weekend, second to last series, the Orioles will be out of it. Win a couple of games there. I think the Yankees are going to be fine in the regular season. October is a different story. The team that has a legitimate race on their hands as we go through the month of September is the Mets. And I had remained confident all year that no, despite what the Atlanta Braves do, the Mets will be fine as long as they handle their own business. And the Mets, in the last week plus, have started to, for the first time all year, not handle their own business. The Mets have had a couple of embarrassing losses in the last week or so. Two to the Nationals last weekend, one to the Pirates on Tuesday, and the one to the Marlins on Friday. Where the Marlins are a better team than the Nationals and the Pirates, but the Mets, with all the chances they had in that game against the Marlins on Friday night, very frustrating. Add in some... Highly, highly questionable moves made by Buck Showalter, who seems to be slipping up, at least in the eyes of me and definitely fans for the first time all season. And there were real reasons to worry about the Mets. And then, of course, on Friday night, after the Mets lose, the Braves win their series opener in Seattle. And for the first time since April, on 150 days, Mets are not in first place. And I credit the Mets. They came back on Saturday they hit Pablo Lopez, who has had an ERA just over three against teams that aren't the Mets this year, and an ERA that's double that against the Mets this year. The Mets have owned Pablo Lopez. They hit him. They had 12 hits against him on the final day of July. They crushed him today. 
you're watching the game just wondering at what point is Don Mattingly going to take the poor guy out of the game because he has nothing left in the tank. But the Mets did what they needed to do. It looked to me like the Mets responded to, all right, Friday night was the wake-up call. As bad as we thought the losses to the Nationals were and that one to the Pirates, Friday night was the wake-up call when they woke up on Saturday morning and they were not in first place for the first time in four and a half months. The team responded. They gave you a great offensive performance on Saturday night. Lindor had a big hit. Mark Hanna had the grand slam. Vogelback had a multi-hit game for the first time in what feels like forever. Escobar continues to be a hot hitter. If Eduardo Escobar can be the guy that the Mets thought they were signing in the offseason, the guy that he's been in his career before getting off to a really bad start in 2022, that changes things for the Mets in their lineup. They're getting Luis Guillorme back, hopefully, probably on Monday. They lost Starling Marte to the injured list. He officially went on the injured list on Saturday. But Mark Vientos is now coming up in a move that is, if you want to be generous to the Mets, three weeks too late. If you want to be critical of the Mets, you could argue that it's three months too late. Mark Vientos will be here on Sunday. He'll be in the starting lineup. And he can't possibly be any worse than Darren Ruff has been since the Mets acquired him from the Giants. And hopefully Marte only has to miss six or seven more days and he comes back, if not next weekend against the Pirates, then to start their series at Milwaukee next Monday when Max Scherzer is also eligible to return from the injured list. Yes, the Mets are dealing with injuries right now, but they have no more excuses. Their margin for error is gone. And I still feel the same way about this team in this season that I have the last few months and even in the last few weeks as their lead got lower and lower and the Braves got closer and closer. This has been a fantastic Mets season. This is the best New York Mets team I've seen in my life. This is, even if you've seen all 60 and now 61 years of Mets baseball, this is the second best Mets team that you have seen in your life. Even if you want to try to make an argument for one other team in that group, third best Mets team that you've seen in your life. They're 88 and 52. For all the comparisons to the 07 Mets and 08, but really 07, the team that did collapse, you know how many wins the 2007 Mets finished with? 87. Mets passed that total on Saturday night. The Atlanta Braves are a wonderful team. They're the defending World Series champions. And their race with the Mets is going to come down to the wire. But one thing that remained true about the Braves when I mentioned it in June, middle of June, started keeping tally of this. And we would go over it on Sal's show pretty much every week, giving you updated numbers. And I would do it on my shows, either filling in on the weekdays or here on the weekends. The Braves all year have been below 500 against other teams that are above 500. And yes, they won that first game against the Mariners. But what did they do on Saturday night when they played a winning team? And you credit Kirby, the local kid, the pitcher from the Mariners who shut down the Braves. They lost. The Atlanta Braves are still a team that is three games below 500 against teams with a winning record. 
The Braves have more losses this year against winning teams than the Mets do. And they've played 10 fewer games than the Mets have against those winning teams. If the Braves keep close, anything close to that over the last few weeks of the season, coming up now where they have one more against the Mariners, Giants are a losing team, but they can be tough at times. And then in their seven games against the Phillies, who the Braves have struggled with this year, six and six against them. The Mets' path to winning the division is still there, and they are the ones who control it. They have to take care of business against these bad teams. I thought heading into this Miami series, after Pittsburgh, where the Mets had the debacle on Tuesday, but showed you something on Wednesday, responding and sweeping the doubleheader. They take the series, they win two out of three. All right, three losses against the Pirates and Nationals. You probably only wanted two at the most, and were really aiming for one. Now you had to go into a 10-game stretch. Three in Miami, three against the Cubs, four against the Pirates. The Mets bar for that 10-game stretch, minimum seven and three. And if you want to get a little greedy, eight and two. It's still possible for the Mets if they go six and two in the next eight games. And with the quality of opponents they're playing, yeah, they should get to that mark. There are no more excuses for the Mets. No nonsense. It's you guys are much better than the teams you're facing. Figure it out. Find a way. No more giving away at bats. Mark Vientos is here now. We don't need to see Darren Ruff be absolutely useless. The Mets still control their path to winning the NL East in 2022. And Saturday night, I think, had to make you feel a lot better as a Mets fan. It's only one game. And had they won this game 4-2, to two, I don't think I'd be feeling the same way. But because they won the way they did, where they broke out offensively, Carlos Carrasco pitched really well for the first time in a while. And an outing that was very important to see from him. Because with the injury and then just general ineffectiveness, Carlos Carrasco had not been the same pitcher for a while. Carrasco, after giving up a run in the first inning, looked really good on Saturday night. And yeah, it's the Marlins. But Carrasco had not looked good again in a while. And the Mets needed that. Carrasco gave it to him. The Mets are still the team in control in the NL East. And that doesn't even include the three games they'll play against Atlanta a few weekends from now, three weeks from now. The Mets have to handle their own business. My number, when I spoke to you on Tuesday, was 104 wins. If you're the Mets, get to 104 and 58. And then, whatever the Braves do is whatever the Braves do. If you go 104-58 and and you lose a division to a team that won 105 games or 106, all right, I'm tipping my cap. That stinks. It's annoying. It's frustrating. You want to bang a table, fine, you can do that. But I'm not going to crush the Mets for it. And I do have some problems with the way the Mets have handled business over the last few days. Like I said, Viento should have been here a while ago. The Mets should have admitted, Billy Epler should have admitted he made a mistake with Darren Ruff a while ago. Buck Showalter, late in these games, especially Friday night, if Edwin Diaz is coming into that game anyway, why on earth is he not starting the eighth inning when you're down by a run? 
Why are you wasting everybody's time bringing in Joely Rodriguez when we all know the result? The Mets have certainly slipped up a bit in the last week or so. But even with that, they're playing above 500 in the last 20, 25 games, those stretches. They haven't been as good, but they haven't they haven't been as good as they were at earlier parts of the season. They haven't been as bad as their performance in some individual games would make you think. And now to get to that number, my magic number of 104, the Mets have to go 16-6. and six. You might say on the surface, tough to do that in a 22-game stretch. You know what? I really don't care. Beat the Marlins on Sunday. In your seven games against the Cubs and Pirates, go 6-1. and one. Take two out of three from the Brewers. Take two out of three from the Oakland Athletics. I'll give the A's a win because traveling out to California is tough. When you play the Marlins for two games at home, beat them up. Welcome into City Field for a couple days and sweep them in that two-game set. Go play well against the Braves and crush the Nationals in that final series of the year. Make up for what you did last week at City Field. Don't let that happen again. And even with that, I think in that, what I just gave you, it includes four or five Mets losses. So they have room for another loss or two. Whether or not the New York Mets win the NL East in 2022 will come down to what the New York Mets do. It is in their power, their control. It's not on the Braves. Yes, the Braves have been playing out of their minds. Now 39 games above 500 after they lost Saturday since the start of June. There's nothing the Mets can do about that. And if the Braves beat the Phillies in seven games and they beat the Mariners, which I don't think they'll do, but even if they do, well, it's still on the Mets. When you go to Atlanta in a couple of weeks, beat them. Go back to Buck and Billy Epler putting this team in the best position to win. I think it's fair to say the Mets got away from that for a little bit. It looks like they kind of regained their footing on Saturday. That they found themselves a little bit. Francisco Lindor, after saying the players hit a wall, it looked like they came through on the other side of it on Saturday. The Mets got a much-needed win, and they breathed a sigh of relief, and they're back in first place by a half a game. Both New York teams did what they had to do on Saturday. Now, continue to get the job done. Go win series on Sunday. Yankees can't afford to lose theirs. The Mets, they absolutely can't. Every positive you've taken from Saturday, if the Mets lose Sunday, even with Taiwan Walker coming off of the blister, then it all gets washed away. And the Mets fans that want to panic will have to accept it a little bit. I still don't want to hear talk of a collapse or the same old Mets or any of that nonsense because that's not true. But there are legitimate criticisms to make of this team, and we'll do that throughout the show. But for Saturday, as you go to bed on Sunday, worrying about how bad your football teams are going to be in 2022, relax for a night and be happy with the fact that your baseball teams restored a little order on Saturday. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.